Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. Today I will speak with Chagit Malul. Chagit is a Chief of Staff and VP Operations at LifePerson. Chagit always combines with, between professional and spiritual capabilities in order to drive best business results. It will be interesting to hear how she blends between these two aspects in the day-to-day. So stay with us. Hi, Hagit. It's Hi, pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here with you. For the last 15 years, you worked in HR, and recently you became Head of Operation and Innovation. Can you share with us your journey around this transition? Yes, sure. Um, so uh, it's not so, um, so recently. I think it's more than seven years that I'm not a part of HR domain anymore. Uh-huh. I would say something that maybe is not politically correct, especially because I was uh, in HR position. And uh, we used to teach, you know, uh, management by objective. So you set uh, yourself goals and uh, then uh, most probably you achieve the goals and you get there. And uh, what I've learned is that when you set a goal for three years, five years, the worst thing that can happen to you is actually to get there. Why, why is it worth, right? Uh, because we are, I think we're very focused and, and most probably with most of the people, they really achieve what they want. If they are really focused and they work according to the plan, they get there. What I've learned is that when the most exciting roads are not on the main, on the main road, those are the doors and the, and the windows that are open when you look aside. And what happened to me is that I was offered to lead and manage professional technological teams coming from with HR experience. I thought uh, my boss, uh, you know, it's nuts. And I thought that it's really not a good idea. I wondered what kind of added value can I uh, provide to these amazing uh, teams. And I learned that that was, I think, the most amazing career step that I've made. And because I was not really close to options, I was not too focused to achieve any type of goal. And I was open enough in a certain moment to the variety of options mm-hmm. and, and took chance. It's amazing because you say it's actually what means being mindful because when we are mindful, we're also really focused and connected to our own experience. And at the same time, we are open-minded to see what's happening in the, big, in the bigger picture. And the ability to move between these two realms is the mindfulness state of mind. And actually, you embrace the mindfulness state of mind. You were open and curious to what life brought you. And you say you took a path that you didn't think in advance and that's good that you were really present in the moment to be open and curious to what's coming, react to it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have taken this path, right? That's uh, exactly right. And only if you live the moment, you are alert and you can see uh, the different options. I would add to that that when you're connected to yourself at that moment, I realized that 
the main emotion that actually comes comes to you is fear. Mm-hmm. So uh, I realized that every time I was offered a really different role during my career, the first thing I did, I said no. And then I was really maybe conscious enough to go home and ask myself a very honest question. Why did you say no? Mm-hmm. Is it because it's not, a, it's not you know, aligned with your career path? Is it uh, not interesting enough, not exciting enough? Or is it because you're afraid to fail? Uh-huh. And the truth was always that I'm just afraid to take this role. I'm afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to say yes, only because I decided not to let the fear lead me. And that's also being part of, I think it's part of mindfulness as well, that you let yourself feel and you work with this kind of feeling and not necessarily letting this feeling to lead you, but you know, you can take a look at it and you can talk with that uh-huh. and make a different kind type of decision. That's right. So it's, you know, it's like uh, the definition of, a, of being courageous is the ability to feel the fear and give it hand and go along with it instead of it managing us and making us not take the opportunity. So this is actually what is mean to, to be mindful and to not to act upon our automatic behavior. As you said, you could usually you say no to new opportunities. And I must say that I'm also usually saying no to new opportunities till I knew this automatic pattern within me. And then I started reflecting upon it and say, okay, why are you saying no? When I started being mindful to it, I started having new opportunities and taking them. So this is what means being alive, right? Feelings, it's all kinds of feelings. It's not only happiness, it's also a joy, happiness, a fear, a anxious, anxiety, all of this various emotions and the ability to embrace them, be with them and give them hand. And as you said, there's a lot of technique like focusing, you know, I don't know if you, you know this technique, but kind of talking to our emotions, giving them space and place in order to transform, right? Otherwise they get stuck in our body and we get stuck in life. I experience sometimes that I'm really sad, you know, I feel really sadness within me. Although in the outer, in the outer reality, there's not a reason to be sad, but I'm feeling sad. So I learn to be with the sadness and sometimes even talk to this and say, okay, I see that part of me is sad. I can now be with this part and let it be and maybe it transform in a minute and maybe it will take one or two days, but it will transform. So it's kind of what you're talking about. It, as I... Yeah, absolutely. I have to say that with sadness, I still have a way to go. <laughs> I'm still not allowing this to present enough part of my journey. But fear, I think that my relationship with fear is already very balanced. Yes, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> So what do you say that the crucial aspect that you take from your experience as an HR to imp- implement in your new role as a head of operation innovation? Probably you needed to bring new tools to adapt yourself, but I assume that there was something crucial and essential that you did bring with you. It's an interesting question. I think that the first thing that I realized is that all the assets that I used to have in my previous roles, just, uh, you know, were taken away from me. So if I was in the HR, the most uh, experienced manager, the most veteran, I had the high, you know, the, the biggest experience, how to deal with uh, different situations and uh, problems. And I was the domain expert when I was in HR. When I moved to lead people who are, you know, product managers, engineers, 
analytics, what kind of added value can I bring there? And uh, I understood, actually, that was the most amazing lesson for me, what leadership is all about, uh-huh. because I'm not coming anymore as an expert. And I found out that the, the last thing that they really need is an, an expert, you know, sitting on their head because they're really top talents. They needed something else. And I learned that what, what is a leader? You know, when you are in charge, you, uh, you consult, you, uh, you have a lot of knowledge about it. And even when you are a leader by yourself, it comes a lot with the expertise. Mm-hmm. And here I had to be a leader without this expertise. And I understood that my role is to be an enabler. I need to enable them to strive, to uh, do amazing things. And I need to uh, work, you know, on the bottlenecks. And I can coach them. And mm-hmm. I can mentor them. And I can, and I realized that I'm very good in politics, organizational politics. Uh-huh. Coming from, you know, senior HR roles, you get to know this uh, stuff. Uh-huh. And, and you understand that even if they build amazing products, if you don't do the right process in the organization, you don't do the right buy-in in the organization, you don't sell it and you don't engage the right partners in the organization, you can, you can build a brilliant product, nothing will happen with it. So uh, there are so many things that I realized that as a manager is my role to mentor them, to enable them to groom, to reach, you know, all the stars by enabling. Amazing, because, you know, I, in my research, I, this actually what I defined is a central ability of the leaders to enable, to enable people the space to be themselves, to enable them to thrive, help them be the best version of themselves. So it's, it's amazing because, you know, it's a kind of state of being. It's, we, we are learned that we need to be active as leaders, as managers, right? To do the right things, to have the right uh, resources, but the end of the day, as I see it nowadays, the crucial element of leadership is the ability to be present, to really listen to what they need from you, to enable the space for them to be present, to enable new wisdom to emerge within the conversations and not having the right answer. This is not what leadership is all about nowadays. Maybe in the past it was, but now we're heading toward a new leadership. Absolutely. I would add to that that... I always believed in them a little bit more than then they believed in themselves. Uh-huh. So always stretching, always stretching. They did things that they were amazed that they are capable of doing. I think this is one thing. Another thing is that I really love them. I uh-huh. think I'm not shy to say that, that I love them as a family. I think that this kind of emotion and being in a safe environment and being really loved for who you are, but really as a person, I don't even have the words to explain how much you can take out of yourself when you are in this kind of uh, environment. I always say that at home, we know that with our kids, if we love them, if we invest in them, something good is going to grow out of that, right? We don't have the same certainty at work. When we really love our employees and we work with those emotions and they feel safe, they can reach the, the moon. This is at least what I've really experienced in fact. Yeah. And last thing that, that is that I, it has to do with the first thing I said, I don't know if it's uh, allowed to say, uh, to use those words here, but I really kicked their ass all mm-hmm. the time. They came to me, 
uh, with a problem, go and solve it, go and talk with the, by yourself, you know, and really empower as much as possible. So it's really amazing because when you talk, it's really touched me because as I see it at the end of the day, it's all about love, right? It's love of fear. But <laughs> let's, let's be courageous and talk about it. About love at the workplace. Yes, yes. Yes, it's not, you know, you know, sometimes I'm being corrected mm-hmm. when I talk about it and they say, it's not love, it's kind of appreciation. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, 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 it's pure love. You know, those are the people, I don't work with them anymore. Uh-huh. And we're still, we feel as, a, you know, a family. We still are connected. It's really deep emotional and the business results were amazing. Because, you know, people, I think, uh, are afraid to speak about love in the workplace because, you know, we see love as a romantic love, but there's a lot of love, right? I remember when I was single, I didn't have a spouse then. And this is when it came to me that I had a, a few good friends that we were together and there was a big love there. And then I understood that love, it's not a romantic love only. The love is there anywhere, right? So we only need to embrace it and to appreciate it. And yes, it's something that we are going for it toward it. And it's not common language to talk about love. I also remember when I did my PhD, the CEO talked there about love. And it was really strange to say, <laughs> okay, you're talking about love in the workplace. So yes, this is it. At the end of the day, we, are, we want to connect with the people we appreciate, we love, and it goes together. Yeah, and you know that uh, many times there is similarity between parenthood and, uh, and leadership, mm-hmm. right? So it's yeah. kind of, uh, you know, giving everything you can in order to ensure that those employees that you manage are going to strive, are going to, to be at their best mm-hmm. uh, and fulfill themselves. Yes, to bring themselves fully. That's yeah. right. Tell me, Chagit, you also were a leader as innovation. I can see the connection between mindfulness and self-awareness and innovation, but I'm happy to hear your insights about leading innovation. You led the innovation project at eBay. What did you learn that the essential aspect of promoting innovation? Well, so innovation is a very, you know, uh, common word and maybe used. used. Yeah, too much used. And there is a lot of uh, even cynicism around it, I think. Innovation, first of all, you know, it's being, uh, as I said before, being having safe environment to dare, dream and be wrong Mm -hmm. and fail and say something stupid and not being afraid that, you know, you will be tagged. So this is, first of all. Secondly, I think that innovation in organizations specifically is not only fun. I think that many times, uh, you know, people say, let's have two days hackathon. Let's see, it's fun. Let's bring pizzas. Let's yeah. work on something. I personally think that it's a lot of effort and uh, we need to, organizations need to take it very seriously and commit to take the best ideas in the organization and put them part of the roadmap. Mm-hmm. And just having the, you know, the hackathons and innovation processes just for, just for having them and marking, you know, yes, marking exactly. a check mark, employees won't uh, trust the process. And mm-hmm. I think that employees would like to impact. They would like to really see that uh, they can influence the organization, they can influence the roadmap. And also, I think that having good ideas sometimes will also uh, get uh, mixed uh, with uh, confused between having a great idea 
and actually doing innovation. And doing innovation is also, uh, it's, a, it's a hard work. It's not only having a brilliant idea, it's yeah. actually ensuring that we implement it and yeah. uh, we do the market research, we answer real pain, a real need, and we, uh, we try and we get feedback and we change and we're open enough. But what, what do you think it's, uh, I hear you and I agree with you, it's different between creativity and innovation. It's really implementing the creative ideas. What do you think, I know that you talk about uh, creating reality and self-awareness and mindfulness, that you also lecture about this stuff and you live it in your day-to-day. What specific aspect of being aware and mindful helps us be more creative and innovative and able to implement it. I think that fearless. Fearless? Yes. I think Mm -hmm. that when uh, when there are no constraints, Mm -hmm. that you don't think about the constraints, that you can uh, really believe it's kind of combination. One is having no constraints, at least in your mind. Mm -hmm. And second is uh, believe that you can uh, influence Mm-hmm. Believe that you can make a difference. Believe that you can take any idea and bring in it uh, to life. Trust in yourself, your process, the added value, and seeing the half glass full, right? Not seeing the... Absolutely. Positive thinking, of course. It's kind of uh, goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, so this is a part of uh, taking the restrictions away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, no, that won't work. That's what you tried already. That will, would never be approved or that. Take all of those constraints and maybe you call it, you know, uh, the half missing part of the glass. Yeah. I think that usually we are the enemies of ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. when we put limitations, when we put restrictions, it's not because someone told us. Mm-hmm. It's because we already negotiated with ourselves and we explained to ourselves why that would never work yeah. or why that would never be approved. So, and then it's kind of uh, worthless. So why should I? And I think the great ideas come when you have this safe environment, when you really don't see the, any limitations at the moment and you think about what is the best thing? What is the good thing to do? What is the right thing to do? From my experience, it works. It reminds me when I did my PhD, there's a lot of people told me, ah, it's really hard. You won't be able to finish it. You need to listen to the positive aspect and to believe in the process and not let the negative voices within you and from outside to resonate within you. Otherwise, you won't even try it. Why should I try if I won't succeed at the end of the day? And sometimes we don't succeed. It's okay. It's part of the process, as you said. I think this is an, as we practice in being more mindful and more present. So I think it impacts our ability to, I know it's from also research that our mental health, uh, positive mental health grows. So it actually does impact our mental health and innovating and being more creative and open and trusting what we see and not seeing the negative parts of life. And there are, we can't ignore them, yeah, but... But it's all about how you translate the reality. It's not about the reality. Mm -hmm. You know, you bring yourself to a certain situation and your well-being, it depends on how you translate the situation. You know, we can look at the same thing. It doesn't matter what it is. Thing is just a thing. Mm -hmm. And you can get, you know, completely scared and run away and I can look at it and and pet it, okay? And uh, we look at the same things, but but our experience is completely, completely different. So I can control my experience in life. I can control the way my life actually looks like. 
mm-hmm. uh, by understanding that there is no good reality or bad reality. Everything is my translation. Yeah, sure. Chagit, before we wrap up, I want to hear from you. I know that now you're the head of operation in life person. The company moved to work remotely. So we'll be happy to, to hear from you and also the listener. What is your secret of engaging employees nowadays? And from working remotely, what leader needs nowadays in order to engage the people uh, remotely? So, as I said before, I think that we, have, we are 350 employees in Israel mm-hmm. and everyone stay at home at the moment. We're building the future uh, working model, but in the meantime, people are working from home. You should care about them, mm-hmm. but really care about them. Not about, it's not about talking, it's about doing It's about having DSLA of answering every question immediately, be there for them because physically they cannot come mm-hmm. and approach you. It's about understanding that uh, they have different needs. Uh, so for example, we created a package with different products that employees can choose and get home and we're bringing it, uh, we deliver the products to their home ensuring that their working environment at home is the most productive one. It can be really physical stuff like chair and then mm-hmm. desk and the screen and the mouse pad and all that. But we also added some things for the spirit, like uh, it's a color you, the wall behind you. Ah, really? Wow. Uh, yes, if the wall is not so nice and you are on your video and you'd like to renew it, pick a color and nice. every color will also for the... Yeah, we, we offer the, you know, a few colors and each color also what it uh, means according to the literature and also some uh, stickers on the wall, funny yeah. ones, nice ones. So also those kind of, you know, things never do only... Yeah. The functional aspect. The functional aspect, exactly. Or for example, when we send home uh, packages for the holidays or, f- or for the summer, we always map our employees and their uh, personal status mm-hmm. and we adjust the present to the person. So it's never one size fits all. Nice. So yeah, and if it's, uh, you know, if it's... Uh, a present for the kid, or if I'm single or my kids are grown up, then um, I can get something that is more suitable. Or if it's a cakes, you know, cakes and stuff like that, then I need to know each employee who is a vegetarian and who is a vegan and who is gluten-free and who is allergic to, I don't know what, and ensure that this employee doesn't get a package that doesn't suit him his needs so I think that these being very conscious about being really personalized really care about their needs and finding creative solutions for individuals not only for teams and uh, the whole site so amazing what are you saying it's actually really if I can take one word it's caring right care care for yeah. your employees see them really see them and their needs and who stands for in front of you and give them what he needs and don't give a One solution fits all, right? And then they feel being seen, they feel loved, they feel all this aspect that we talked about. And this is what... That actually... we see them, that we see them if, even if they are far away. Yeah. And this right? Is actually... That's the idea. Say, this is what actually engaged them, that they feel being seen and yes, being heard, so. even if it's not physically, but bring them different uh, solutions and, fun- and, and stuff beyond the functional stuff, you know, that you need to, so... Yeah. 
Great. It was amazing talking to you. Do you ever, do you want to say something before, something I didn't ask you that you want to talk about, say maybe a takeaway, another takeaway to give to the listeners, whatever comes to your mind? So I think that one thing that you mentioned is about creating our own reality. Uh-huh. I would just give, won't uh, tell all the stories because I really live according to this and I'm amazed how you can really create your own uh, reality. Uh-huh. But I can give a tip here. I think that uh, if you ask yourself when you really want something to happen, so there is a difference between two kinds of energies. One energy is a sense of lacking something. Uh-huh. I feel that I want something because I'm lacking it. So I'm praying, I'm begging, I wish that I have it. Mm-hmm. But the essence of this energy is lacking. Uh-huh. And try to move to a completely different energy of knowing that it's going to happen. Just uh-huh. knowing, not praying, not wanting, not wishing, just knowing that it's going to happen. You don't need to work hard for that. Just mm-hmm. knowing and the essence of this energy is like prosperity. Uh-huh. Okay? It's completely different energy. So this is my tip to everyone. Try to move your energy when you want something to happen and see what happens in the real world. We actually say visualize that it's already happened and be there with this energy and let go. Enable space. And coming back to what we talked about, right? Be in the being mode and enable space. They, you can call it the universe or whatever will help you achieve it. So you don't need to hug really and work really hard. And I like the differentiation that you did between the grasping to something and really coming from a lack of something versus knowing in our body that it's already here and we only need the time and maybe to adjust and do a little things. It's not saying, okay, now be on a high mountain in India and wait that it will come to you. Yes, absolutely. You, you of course, uh, are requested to, to also act and not sit and wait. It's never, it never works, but uh, not to work too hard. Yeah. Things Find should just happen. Yeah. Things will, will happen to you. Do uh, the, the intention, put the intention, do what you need to in order to promote it, but also in every space. Don't be so eager and do, being overdoing. No stress. No yeah. stress at all. Yeah. Just trust. Trust the universe, as you said. Trust that everything will happen for your best. Uh-huh. and you'll just see the results. Thank you, Hogit. So I'm practicing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you what will, will be the consequences. Okay. So, Hagit, it was a pleasure talking with you. Pleasure talking with you as well. Thank you Thank very you. much. This was Hagit Malul. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. You are invited to subscribe to our podcast, and you will be notified when we will upload a new episode. Till then, take care and bye-bye.